0: This is B. This is Harper. And this is Mother Dearest. Mm-hmm. And welcome to
1: the-, the Estrogen, Estrogen Effect. effect.
0: Welcome back to our second episode of our podcast, The Estrogen Effect. Um, We hope you liked our first episode. We were working some kinks out this time. Hopefully the sound is a little better. I did get some new equipment, but I don't know how to use it. So hopefully the audio sounds good on this one. We're going to keep working on that. You know, it's just a work in progress. Um, So last week we talked about
1: Princess Princess Diana, Diana. which
0: was B's choice. And um, after I did it, you know, I found a couple of things. I wanted to clarify a couple of things. Is Actually, Elton John didn't write Candle in the Wind for Princess Diana. It was actually for Marilyn Monroe. And then he created a new version for Princess Diana when she passed away. And actually, her, or Elton John and Princess Diana actually had a falling out from their friendship. But then when Versace, do you know who Versace is?
1: Mm -hmm. Isn't that like a brand?
0: Yeah, it's like a famous designer. It's a guy. And he was killed. And that's what kind of rekindled their friendship, I think. Having lost a mutual friend, they rekindled their friendship, thankfully, before she um, passed away. Hmm. So this week we're coming to you from our living room. So I apologize if you hear animals rustling around. Um, Harper decided to become a pro skateboarder. And hit her leg and ha- is currently in a thigh-high cast. So we are stuck in the living room because we can't get upstairs to my bedroom where we could close ourselves away. So um, so last week, B picked the person. And this week, Harper picked the person we're going to talk about. And who did you pick, Harper?
1: Harriet Tubman.
0: So Harper picked Harriet Tubman. And uh, I'll admit, you know, I knew about Harriet Tubman growing up and heard about her in my history classes and stuff but i really did not know anything the deeper i got into my research and the more stuff i read i realized that there is way way more to the story and i found myself with tears i had goosebumps it was just um this woman's pretty damn amazing is all i gotta say so um and actually there was so much information and i have a million sources and i just kept finding stuff that this is actually going to be a two-parter. So we're the first part. It's going to be kind of when she worked with the Underground Railroad um, up until like when the war kind of ended and what she did during the war and stuff like that. So I'm going to kind of split it up into two parts because there's just way, just way too many things that I, I don't want to leave them out. I want to make sure that you guys get the whole story because she's, she's pretty stinking amazing. So um, without further ado, here's the story. So, um, before I start, I just want to say, as I was doing research, I mean, I found so many amazing things about this amazing woman, but also when I was reading about, um, you know, her history and how her life started out, it's, it's hard. It's hard to read. It's, you know, this wasn't very long ago, if you think about it, when slavery was legal, Um, and just reading what happened to them and what happened to her family, it just, it made me sick. It made me sick. It made me uncomfortable. But the thing is, is we need to recognize that this happened, that this is the truth and this so many people suffered and we have to get a little bit uncomfortable because we can't forget that this happened because there's so many people that are still, um, having repercussions from all of this and you know they're struggling and their families struggled and they're still trying to work their way out of that hole that they just kind of got thrown into so um this was hard this was hard to research it was hard to write but it's the truth that what happened to her it's what happened to her and she just said enough and did some damn amazing things so um we that that kind of made up for it to know that, you know, she really did something good out of all of this. Um, So Harriet, uh, you know, a lot of the sources say there was different years that she was born. The most consistent one I saw says she was born in early 1822, but we don't know the exact month or day that she was born. She was born in Dorchester County, Maryland, and she was born to enslaved parents, Harriet, nicknamed Ritt Green, and Benjamin Ross. Her mother was owned by Mary Pattison Broaddus and her father was owned by Anthony Thompson. Thompson and Broaddus eventually married and this is when Harriet's parents met. So, um, Ritt worked as a cook in the plantation's big house and Benjamin was a timber worker. Now, Harriet's name was not Harriet at birth. Her actual name was Araminta, or Araminta, I hope I'm saying that right, Ross and her family nicknamed her Minty. And Tubman had four brothers. Their names were Robert, Ben, Henry, and Moses, and four sisters, Lina, Mariah, Ritty, Soph, and Rachel. So when Harriet was five years old, now this is the same age Sawyer is now, so think about that for a second. She was rented out as a nursemaid where she was whipped when the baby cried. And, yeah, and had physical scars and emotional scars from
1: that. Nursemaid, but isn't that a little too young to be taking care of babies? Uh, yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm.
0: And around seven, she was rented out to a planter to set muskrat traps and later rented out as a field hand. So she had to do a lot of hard manual labor outside, but she actually says she preferred the physical labor versus domestic work. So, you know, stuff in the house and everything. So Mary Broaddus, remember, she's the one that owned um, Harriet's mom. Her son, Edward, sold three of Tubman's sister's. Lina Soap and Mariah Ritty. Now he sold them to distant plantations in the deep south. So their family members never heard from them again. And that was very, very common back then. Families getting torn up and not hearing from them again. And it's incredibly sad. Um, So when a trader from Georgia approached Broaddus about buying Ritt's youngest son, Moses, Ritt had an absolute fit and said, you know, she's put a stop to it. She's like, no, you're not taking my son. And that moment really set a powerful example for Harriet because she saw, this is not good. We need to do something about this. This is not right. Now, when Harriet was 12, so your age, Harper, she actually suffered a really severe injury. What happens was is she was sent to a dry goods store. So that's kind of like a, like a grocery store, but dry goods um, for supplies and she had bumped into a slave who had left the fields without permission. So, I mean, they couldn't do anything without permission, and they were punished severely for it. They had mm-hmm. absolutely no rights. So imagine imagine that. And, you know, we worry when our Wi-Fi goes out and how entitled this generation and all the generations since have been. <coughs> what, these, what these people went through. entitled. <laughs> So the man's overseer, so the person that kind of was, I don't know, the man. I don't, I don't know how to say it. This just makes me so sad to say that this man had an overseer and he couldn't leave field without permission. So the man that was overseeing him demanded that Tubman help restrain the runaway, but then Tubman said, "No, I'm not. I'm not going to do that. Forget that." So the overseer actually flung a t- flung a two pound leg weight. He was trying to hit the. um, Fugitive, the slave,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and it actually struck Tubman in the head.
1: Oh, Jesus. Mm -hmm.
0: So um, after the incident, she actually said, because she, you know, had a lot of interviews and talked to a lot of people about her life. She said, the weight broke my skull. They carried me, me to the house, all bleeding and fainting. I had no bed, no place to lie down at all, and they laid me on the seat of the loom. And I stayed there all day and the next so, no hospital care, nothing. They just threw her in there. And... A
1: broken skull, and they just mm-hmm. laid her down in the hospital. But guess what?
0: Three days later, she was back in the fields working. Yeah. After breaking... Yeah. So, because of this head injury, so she suffered with this the injury for the rest of her life. She had seizures, severe headaches, and narcoleptic episodes for the rest of her life. Do you know what narcoleptic narcolepsy, narcolepsy no. is? when people just fall asleep. They have, it's something to do with, oh, I'm probably gonna say it's wrong, that brain chemistry, brain energy, and um, they lose, they just fall asleep. So um, she also experienced intense dream states, which she classified as religious experiences. And later in life, those who met her spoke of how she would sometimes fall asleep in the middle of conversations, but then she would wake up and act like nothing happened because she didn't know that her brain was, she had, you know... Brain injuries are scary. In 1840, Harriet's father was actually set free. Which he should have been free from the beginning, but... Mm-hmm. Ugh. And Harriet learned that her mother's owner, in his will, he had set... He put in there that he had set Writ and her children, including Harriet, free. So he had passed away. So when someone passes away, you've got to honor their will, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Well, Rit's new owner... Edward brought us, okay, do you remember him from before? The Broaddus
1: yeah.
0: son. Um, refused to recognize the will. And he kept Rit, Harriet, and the rest of her children
1: Jesus. in bondage, so in
0: slavery. And Harriet actually commissioned a lawyer to go through the will and prove that her mother should be free. And it said to be freed upon turning 45. But Edward refused to honor the will. And... At the time when they were um, figuring out, like, no, this will says she needs to be set free. It was 15 years past the age that she should have been released, so she was 60. So for oh she could have been free for 15 years, but he does he didn't want to honor the will. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Now, slaves were not legally allowed to marry because they had no rights. They
1: mm-hmm. were
0: they were not treated as humans. They were just treated as items, commodities. Um but Tubman entered a marital union with John Tubman. Now he was a free black man. Cause this is back when there was still slaves, but there was also free. This is when, before the civil war In the civil war, remember it was based off of mm-hmm. the big thing is ending slavery. Yeah. So he was a free black man and they married in 1844. She took his name, obviously Tubman, mm-hmm. but that's when she changed her name around that time to Harriet to honor her mother. So that's why she's Harriet Tubman now. Um, Little is known about John or his marriage to her. They don't know if they lived together or if they did, how long they lived together. And this makes me incredibly sad because this just, as a mother, this hits me hard. Any children they might've had would have been property of Edward Broaddus, not Harriet or John because they had no rights. So they don't know if they had children or not because they wouldn't, they wouldn't have been with them. They were considered the property of the slave owners.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Yeah. Isn't that horrible? If they
1: had children, then their children would be given to Edward.
0: Yeah. They were his. He owned them.
1: They were his. Yeah. Yeah. I know.
0: It's incredibly sad. Um. So after Edward passed away, Writ and her children were at the mercy of Edward's widow, Eliza. So Tubman was worried, though. She had an uncertain future. She wasn't sure what was going to happen. Um, she was worried that her family was going to be pulled apart more. I mean, she's already lost a lot of people in her family. She didn't want to lose anybody else. And she was worried about herself because, you know, she was sickly. She had seizures and from a brain injury, and that kind of gave her, which is horrible, a low economic value, meaning her value wasn't very high because she was sick. So
1: she cost... Lost in terms of money mm-hmm. because she was sick and
0: that that's they were the people viewed them as property not as a human God. isn't that incredibly gut-wrenching i just it's sick it's very sick yes so she was really worried so then on september 17th 1849 harriet and two of her brothers ben and henry they escaped the plantation in maryland so they escaped, but then there was a notice published in the Cambridge Democrat. So that's a paper offering a reward for the return of them. And so the boys had second thoughts and they returned to the plantation. And a lot of the times it was fear that kept them there. You know, a lot of people are like, well, why didn't they run away? Because they could have been killed. They were terrified and they were so brainwashed. And they, I mean, you live every day in fear, not knowing what's going to happen to you. So, I mean, I can't imagine... how scary that was for them and just how they felt. And, oh, I I just, Mm. breaks my heart. Um, So Tubman didn't want to go back. So she made sure her brothers got home safe and Mm -hmm. she set off alone with the help of the Underground Railroad. Do you guys remember hearing about the Underground Railroad? Yeah. So, you know, there was a lot of misconceptions that she actually created the Underground Railroad, but she didn't. She was a worker she, on it. She was a worker on it. Yeah, it was actually established in the late 18th century by black and white abolitionists. Do you know what abolitionists? Um. Is?
1: Yeah, people against slavery. That, yeah, much.
0: or yeah. they're just they don't like the structure of the government. They're like something's wrong. We need to abolish it. We need to break mm-hmm. down the structure because this isn't good. <clears throat> so Harriet traveled 90 miles north with the help of the Underground Railroad, and she ended in Pennsylvania, and she said. Um, On crossing the line into Pennsylvania, which was a free state, Mm -hmm. she said, when I found I had crossed the line, I looked at my hands to see if I was the same person. There was so much glory. There was such a glory over everything. The sun came like gold through the trees and over the fields, and I felt like I was in heaven. Can you imagine? Oh, this just breaks my heart. I just was in Tears the whole time I was reading through this stuff. So and I'm getting teary eyed now. So um, you remember her husband, John, Mm -hmm. right? He actually refused to join her. And by 1851, he ended up marrying another, a free black woman. So not very much is known about him, but that's, they found out he didn't go with her. So he ended up um, starting a whole new life. But, you know, you think after all that, all that hard work, she'd just stay where she was free and where she was safe and just live her life, right? Yeah. Nope. Nope. Because Rit raised a warrior woman. Mm-hmm. Because Harriet was like, this. I'm, I'm over this. I'm going to change some stuff here. So rather than remaining in the safety of the North, she made it her mission to rescue family and loved ones living in saver- slavery using the Underground Railroad. So, in December 1850, she received a warning that her niece, Kasaya, was going to be sold. Isn't that gross? Sold. A human being. Sold.
1: I'm like getting goosebumps.
0: I know. And along with her two young children, Kasaya and Harriet Jolly. Now, this breaks my heart, too. Kasaya's husband, he was a free black man named John Boley, He made the winning bid for his wife in an auction in Baltimore. He had to bid for his wife. Let that sink in for a second. And you people worry about your Wi-Fi not working. Oh, I just... Disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting. Um, So Tubbin then helped the entire family make the journey to Philadelphia. And this was the first of many, many trips that she had. So I've I read different sources. Some say that she made um, 13 to 19 trips over like an eight to 10 year span. It kind of varies. Um, but one included saving her parents. And I believe they were 70 years old at the time. So she did save her parents. She made sure she got as much family as she could. So she just, she was pretty sneaky too. She was a smart cookie. She devised clever techniques that helped make her mission successful, including using the masters. So, you know, the masters, the scumbag that owned them, that thought he owned them.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Masters, horse, and buggy for the first leg of the journey. She would leave on Saturday nights because runaway notices wouldn't be put in the paper till Monday. So that gave them a couple days head start. Oh, that's smart. Very smart. And um, she would turn about and head south if she thought they were slave hunters and um she actually they usually traveled more in i want to say the spring and the fall when the nights were longer mm-hmm. so there was more because they would travel at night mm-hmm. on you know, on the trees and the darkness and stuff so um so she actually mm-hmm. i thought this was kind of clever she actually carried a drug to use on babies if it was crying because if the baby was crying the few you know the they would find them because they would hear oh. the baby crying so she would drug the baby so they would sleep and not cry and make noise. And she actually carried a gun as well. Oh, my God. And she would threaten the fugitives if they were too tired, if they wanted to turn back. Because if one person gets tired or turns back, that could ruin the whole mission for everybody else.
1: That's clever.
0: And she would say, you'll be free or die. Mm-hmm. So she sang two types, of, two songs while operating her missions. And... um. The songs were Go Down Moses and Bound for the Promised Land. And this was told in a biography that Sarah Bradford wrote on her called Scenes in the Life of Harriet Tubman. And Tubman said that she would change the tempo of the songs to indicate whether it was safe to come out or not. So they had like all these secret coats. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: With songs, too. Mm -hmm. That's smart. Mm hmm.
0: So she returned only to Maryland to bring away loved ones, family, and friends that she could not live without and people she could trust because, you know, that time you couldn't trust everybody. You mm-hmm. trusted the wrong person and it was a life or death situation. Um, it was too dangerous for her to go to places that she, you know, didn't know the people or she didn't know the surroundings and everything like that. hmm um so it has been repeatedly reported. I saw in a few places that in 1856 there was a $40,000 reward for her capture and return. Now that's equal to over 1.3 million dollars today. So that's Jesus that's, like, that's a big chunk of change. However, fact checking shows the bounty was made up by Sally Hawley, who was a former anti-slavery activist in New York, and she wrote a letter to a newspaper in 1867, so quite a bit later. Arguing um, for support for Tubman to get back pay and pension from the army, and you'll kind of figure out why. You know, she really she did a lot, but she didn't get compensated well. So this lady was trying to advocate for her and oh. kind of made up that that bounty, but that was not true. What actually was there was a bounty on her, but it was um, for Eliza Barrattus when Harriet escaped with her brothers, uh-huh. Ben and um, Harry. Eliza put something in the paper saying that she would give people a hundred dollars for each of them if they were caught outside of Maryland.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And so that'd be like $300 total. And that's closer to $5,500 today.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, And actually on one occasion, Harriet overheard some men reading her wanted poster, which stated that she was illiterate, which she was because they had no schooling, nothing So she promptly pulled out a book and started reading it. as a ploy to fool the men, and guess what? It worked. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, in 1850, a disgusting act was (laughs) there was a disgusting act was put into motion. It was called the Fugitive Slave Act.
1: Oh, I've heard about that. Yeah, I was taught. Pretty disgusting. Yeah, Yeah. it's.
0: It allowed fugitive and freed workers in the North to be captured and enslaved. So So people that had earned their freedom could
1: could be be captured, can be put back into slavery.
0: Absolutely. Yes. So because of this, this actually made her work with the underground railroad a lot harder and it forced her to reroute um, it to Canada, which Canada prohibited slavery. Mm -hmm. Um, in, eight, in December 1851, she actually guided a group of 11 fugitives to Canada. So that's quite a bit farther than where she had been going previously. So that's a pretty long trek for her. Um, and there's actually evidence that suggests they stopped at the home of the abolitionist Frederick Douglass. Do you remember hearing about him?
1: Yeah, he was um, a famous writer, mm-hmm, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So he was an escaped slave who became a prominent activist author, public speaker, and a leader in the abolitionist movement. Mm-hmm. So they all kind of work together, which is awesome. And yeah, make sure I'm on the right page here. I got a lot of pages. So it's, I, and it's widely reported that she helped 300 people seek freedom. Do you remember reading that? Did you hear about that? Yeah. About how many people they say that she mm-hmm. freed, but those numbers were exaggerated. Um, Sarah brought, bradford remember that by she wrote that biography about oh, her yeah. she actually exaggerated that a little bit um and she actually she never said that tubman gave her those numbers and harriet claimed that the numbers were much lower uh, but pretty significant considering what she went through and it said that during you know public and private meetings she repeatedly told people that she rescued between 50 to 60 people in eight or nine trips
1: that's huge mm-hmm. that's
0: And she said that she, I guess she um, told people that before she did her last mission in which she saved or brought back seven people.
1: Mm -hmm. So
0: closer to, you know, 67, 57, 67. Mm -hmm. Um, But not only did she help that many people, you know, physically help them move to freedom. She actually gave instructions to at least 70 other people who found their freedom on their found their way to freedom on their own. So she kind of guided people. She may not have been there with them physically, but she kind of helped support them with information and stuff too.
1: So she saved way more people. She
0: saved a lot of people. And she, and just because of what she's done, like it just, it's a trickle down effect. Mm -hmm. The estrogen effect for many, many years, the things that she did and the, you know, the people she's inspired and Mm -hmm. yeah. So um, in April, 1858, so lots of dates here, she was introduced to the abolitionist John Brown. He advocated for the use of violence to disrupt and destroy the institution of slavery because how else are you going to stop it? Because every, you know, people have tried, but they get brought down with violence. So Mm -hmm. they're like, all right, we're going to fight violence with violence. We're sick of this. Something needs to change. So Tubman shares brown's goals basically to end slavery and Bra- brown called tubman one of the bravest persons on this continent which
1: damn which right, is pretty
0: pretty damn accurate true. yeah nail on the head um so tubman claimed to have a prophetic or pro- prophetic oh my god i can't talk a vision of brown before they met she claimed cuz remember she used to have those vivid dreams and stuff oh yeah so she claims that she actually dreamed of meeting him before they actually met so um, so Brown ended up coming up with a plan to attack and raid a federal army in Harper's Ferry, Virginia.
1: Oh, I read about that, mm-hmm. too.
0: Which is now West Virginia, I believe. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to start an armed revolt of enslaved people and destroy slavery. So, but they weren't allowed to have weapons and stuff. You know, it was hard to come by, so they had to go get the weapons to fight against it. So he turned to the dubbed her General Tubman, and she helped him plan and recruit supporters because you can't do anything on it. you got to get people to kind of back you up and work with you and stuff and On the night of October sixteenth eighteen fifty nine his band overran the arsenal, and his men rounded up hostages, and they actually got some um, un- some enslaved people too, some slaves they were able to get them. but word of the raid spread and by the morning brown and his men were surrounded by the opposing yeah uh, the army the opposing team it's not even it's not a basketball game but you know what i mean um so brown was wounded and he ended up being tried for treason and murder and unfortunately he was found guilty on november november 2nd and was executed by hanging on december 2nd 1851
1: mm-hmm.
0: and afterwards uh tubman praised him as a martyr which mm-hmm. do you know what a martyr is, mm-hmm. Harper? No. It's somebody that understands that they could possibly die if they go fight against something, but they do it anyways. They know that they
1: They die life. fighting for a cause they believe in. Yep. Basically. Yep.
0: They're okay fighting to the death, basically.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So yeah. So I'm gonna stop there because I have like six more pages. Um but just, this just lays the groundwork to really know what built Harriet. And, you know, it's sad that she had to go through such horrible things that she had to see such horrible things and have so much heartache. But, you know, she really took that and ran with it and said enough is enough. And she's highly, highly um, inspiring. And then um, in the next episode, we'll kind of see what she did afterwards you know during the war because she actually played a huge role in the war mm-hmm, she never was never learned
1: about that mm-hmm,
0: so and, and you know kind of what she did after the war was over she didn't stop she was just always there to help people and you know she was a pretty stinking amazing lady
1: mm-hmm. so yeah I've always been fascinated with Harriet Tubman's story like but I never really got it entirely correct Mm because i mean Mm -hmm. so many people have different misconceptions about it like people would say that she built the underground railroad some people said that it was an actual underground railroad Mm -hmm. when really it wasn't it was underground and it was not a railroad
0: yeah they just kind of hit some of the high points but like i said you know we didn't know what was true and what wasn't because a lot of stuff was exaggerated or was Mm -hmm. you know they didn't do you know, they had to do so much stuff in secrecy. So, you know, it wasn't like everything was being reported in the papers and everything. They had to be secretive or else, you know, they would get killed or Mm -hmm. taken back to slavery. So, I mean, it's, it's incredibly sad to know that this is how people lived, you know, Mm -hmm. and I mean, what, 200 years ago, which really isn't that long of time if you think about it, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's, you know, there's some people that feel like, oh, you know, get over it. But when you really look at it and you kind of just look at it as think about a five-year-old who was whipped because a baby cried and she had no rights, you know, she could be torn from her parents at any time. So many people lived that they started out, you know, their freedom came with an incredibly, incredibly, incredibly high price. And it came way 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 too late
1: mm-hmm.
0: that never should have happened so you know you think about it these poor people started out from the deepest hole and they had to dig their way out and some of them yeah maybe they got out but they haven't gotten too far from that hole or they're still stuck in it mm-hmm. you know and I think we need to recognize that we need to recognize that this stuff
1: happened. Get a little uncomfortable. talk about it It's sickening that people made these people I can't even talk right now um,
0: It's just so unreal it's hard to put words to it it's
1: It's just sickening to me that um that these white people enslaved black people because of the color of their skin. There was no other reason reasoning that they had for it except you look different than me. I'm going to put you in shackles, take you away from your home and make you my slave. Mm -hmm. There was no reasoning behind it except for their skin color. And it's it's and disgusting. They
0: had no value. Mm
1: -hmm. Yes. Mm
0: -hmm. So, you know, horrible things happened. They did. They did. And I think sometimes we need to look back and realize, you know, how incredibly lucky we are now. I mean, you know. In the grand scheme of things, you know, you just look back and it makes you kind of appreciate what you have, and mm-hmm. you know, and respect what people have done to, um, you know, progress from that. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just—it's uh, horrible. It's horrible. But I, this is why we have to tell these stories. Mm-hmm. You know, put a put a name to them, kind of hear these individual stories and realize. You know, this wasn't just something that happened. There were people involved. People, humans with value and feelings and love to give, you know, and families. It's uh, very sad. Mm-hmm. So. All right. Um, so next time we will finish Harriet's story because she's just so stinking amazing. I just love her. Um, so in the meantime... You can, I'm going to post some stuff on Instagram, some pictures of her. I think I found a picture of her with, um, her second husband, which you'll hear about him Mm -hmm. and her adopted daughter, which we'll hear about in the next episode and some of her family. Um, so I'll post that on Instagram. And then in the meantime, you know, you guys can write to us on our Gmail if you want. Just tell us some stories about something that inspired you, something that you did that made you feel like you were inspiring. You know, just write to us. Or if I misstated something, you know, I don't mind corrections because, I mean, I'm not a very good researcher. I try my best. But
1: we want to get the facts. We want to get the facts right.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So. Go ahead and write to us. Our Gmail is theestrogeneffect at gmail.com. And um, I'll put all these links and everything in the show notes for you guys so you can click on it. You can visit us on Instagram at theestrogeneffect. And um, our Facebook page, the Estrogen Effect Podcast. And I do have all the links and actually the sources that I use for the research in the show notes. So you can just go down there to Something's get the information. Something's in my eye. <laughs> Oh, there you go, Harper Squirrel.
1: It's hot in... Where?
0: No, okay. It's hot in here. Um, so we'll see you next week. And you guys have a great week. And goodbye. Bye. Bye. <laughs>